the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in to Rob Black for Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind on a day-by-day basis? We try to talk about it here. Anything you want to talk about? Um, Wall Street's been hot lately. Just moving ever so slowly, ever so vigilantly higher. If you want to drop me an email... Rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I got a couple that I'll get to later today. But anything you want to talk about, we could really, I have no problems talking about it. You know, I'm not shy. And uh, I'll do my very, very best to make sense of all this for you. Dow goes for its eighth straight day of gains. So take, let's take a look at the numbers and let's see how we're doing out of the gate. First and foremost, Dow going for eight straight days. It's up four. A little while ago, it was up a little bit more than that. As the first half hour of trading has gone, we've gotten a little bit weaker. The Nasdaq's down two. The S&P 500's up fractions. Ten-year Treasury move has had a big move this week. Ten-year Treasury bond has moved from below 2% to 2.34%. This might be your last chance to get a mortgage at 3.5%, so... If you qualify for it, you might want to think about doing that now because it looks like we're moving higher. Again, about 34, 35 basis points, 100 basis points, 1%. So that's a pretty big move this week. Pretty big you know, number. There's no denying that in any way, shape, or form. Take a look at the particulars of yesterday and today. February Consumer Price Index. Is a big story. Came in in line with expectations. Yesterday we saw a little bit of wholesale price index, a little higher than expected. February CPI came up four tenths of a percent. That's because that's a lot, but most of it, a six percent jump in gas prices, accounted for about three tenths of that four tenths increase. Talking in tenths and basis points doesn't necessarily make for the best radio, but go with me. The rest of the changes were very moderate. Food prices up just one-tenth of a percent. Housing costs up one-tenth of a percent. Apparel prices fell nine-tenths of a percent. Medical care was up just two-tenths of a percent. 
It's the core rate of inflation when you exclude food and energy costs, which tend to be the most volatile, was just up one-tenth of a percent. So it's up 2.2% over the past year. So that's not bad. Inflation's up 2.2% in the last year. Historically, inflation's somewhere between 2 to 4%. So your dollar last year is now worth 97.8 cents as far as what it can buy you. That's one of the reasons I, I do the show, so we could talk about boring issues like that, but even more importantly, so that we could talk about why you have to invest. Because the dollar down, you can see why you, that 30% gain in the market was so important. So the, the market outpaced inflation. So there's a little bit of inflation talk out there today. Gas prices at the pumps, noticeably higher. Global oil prices haven't spiked. They're sitting at $105.60 a barrel. That's up from the $95 to $100 range, which prevailed for months. It's off of its recent highs. Until trends even, you know, until spring and summer, we expect the gas prices to fade. Inflation remains on the radar, though, so it's, it's a potential risk down the road. I think it's a bigger risk down the road than Europe. So, and I know you're saying, risk to what? It's all relative, right? Risk to the economy, risk to the stock market, risk to the value of my dollar. So real quick, back to that inflation number. Inflation's up 2.2% year over year. So anything that I've paid off in my million-dollar home is down 2.2%. So any dollars that have been paid off lost value. That's one of the reasons people think they know, you know, how housing is such a great investment when in reality it's not. So we got the Dow up six, the Nasdaq down four, S&P 500 up fractions. The euro is trading a little bit higher. Gold's down six to sixteen fifty an ounce. Oil sits stubbornly at one hundred five hundred six dollars a barrel. Today is the big day for Apple. New iPad 3 is going on sale. Apple shares down 6 bucks. A couple weeks ago, I told you that it tends to run up after the product announcement, which is counterintuitive because a lot of people th- want to think that sell on the news. They've announced this product. But that's not really how it plays out. Once it's sold, it tends to go down. And the, what are they referred to as the Apple fanboys... Uh, which is not a complimentary term, have to wait for the iPhone 4 or the dividend. Um, iPhone 4. <laughs> the iPhone 5 or the dividend. So Dow's going for its eighth straight day of gains today, something it hasn't achieved since early 2011. This week's final trading day begins with a lot of economic data out there. Consumer price index was the big one. But we also get University of Michigan's consumer sentiment. Came in at a nice reading. Nothing crazy. People aren't insane in the membrane. Panera Bread's a stock to watch today. Their chairman and president, uh, they've named their chairman Ron Shake and president Bill Morton as co-CEOs effective immediately. Panera Bread's done some interesting things like pay whatever you want. It's been pretty effective for them. Restaurant chain says the move is going to formalize the relationship that has evolved over the two in the past couple of years. You know, Apple with the new iPad release yesterday with it crossing the $600 barrel intraday for the first time. 
everyone who looks at that stock knows that it went from 400 to 600 way too fast. And Thera Pharmaceuticals took a 3.5% hit in the after hours last night. The company said it would cut about 45% of its workforce. That follows news that it halted a clinical study of an anti-inflammatory treatment because of a lack of effect, uh, efficacy. That's, uh, you know, when you have small biotech companies, I would say there's three types of biotech companies. There's the early stage, there's the middle stage, and then there's the product stage. Uh, the product stage does very, very well. You don't have to be early. When you're early and the company does great, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's a home run. But there's still a lot of mileage once the company gets the approval. A lot of times what you find is that suddenly the Merck's, the Pfizer's, the Eli Lilly say, well, thanks for doing the research and development, and we'll buy you. We could use that billion-dollar drug, and we've got the sales force to distribute it. Bank of America has been rolling recently. I sent out a tweet yesterday about how they're uh, basically gone from six bucks to nine bucks fast. You know, back in early December, this was a four, under five dollar stock, and now it's nine dollar stock. Keep in mind, you know, like I said earlier this week when the banks announced their uh, stress test results, I said the banks are the right place to be. Uh, even the ones that didn't pass the stress test in large part because they're, they're moving back to health. You're Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You can listen to the podcast of the show at kdow.biz an hour after the show's over. It's about 10 o'clock Pacific time. You can go to kdow.biz and there's a Rob Black podcast button on the webpage. You can also uh, subscribe to iTunes. I mentioned sending out a tweet about the banks yesterday. Uh, my Twitter account is Rob Black Show. My YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. And my Facebook group page is I Hate Rob Black. That's I Hate Rob Black. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Come back. Talk with CFP Chad Burton about financial planning issues. Take a look at the markets. See if there's any breaking news that we have to hit upon. AM 1220, KDOW. Some fast headlines. The United States and Britain are set to agree on a release of oil from the strategic reserves within two months. Oil not budging on that news. Google set to face a new investigation over privacy practices related to Apple's Safari browser. eBay's PayPal trying to get a license for electronic payments in China. The Dow's now down 12. NASDAQ down 7. S&P 500 down fractions. Let's welcome in Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner from NewFocusFinancial.com, NewFocusFinancial.com. Chad, you know, one of the things that I saw that really repulsed me was when Susie Orman came up with a, a debit card, a charge card that's three bucks a month. And yeah, it, it maybe it's getting people to think more about their money because it's tied towards a person, but I find it foul. I find it vile, vulgar, upsetting. Um People have problems, though. I mean, she she's the LCD. She People think lowest common denominator. That's her audience. People who have problems with visas and credit cards and get into trouble. Um, I like credit. My credit score is high, so I got a great mortgage. I like credit like um, American Express. It itemizes everything for you, and it shows you where you're spending money. And uh, It's an easy way to start a budget. Credit cards are a great way to use a budget. Yeah, American Express is kind of on my list of... Uh 
not liked credit card issues right now. The way that they handled the uh, credit crisis, they would take corporate cards yeah. and they would lower the credit limit. And the, the way that they did their billing dates, a lot of companies would end up at the end, at the close of their statement dates above the credit line that they had just lowered so right. that they could turn around and charge them a much higher interest rate. And you've got to watch out for things like that. It's... It, it, and promo fees, people, they get these promo fees, but they don't see the hidden charges right. of certain costs per transaction or a flat fee to borrow money, even though the rates are lower. A little financial flat, engineering. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's tools like, you know, bankrate.com is a good site where you can go in and, and use their find a credit card tool. Right. And go through the different types of cards that you like. Um, either way, once you do that, you could also use tools like youpromise.com. So if you've got kids, you're trying to send them through college, you can tie all of your credit cards to a place like youpromise.com so that it tracks your pen spending. And if it you end up buying anything that qualifies for you promise credits, what it'll do is it'll put a certain amount of money into a 529 plan for you. You got to set up the right 529 plan. So debit cards, charge cards, visas at American Express, they're, they're great tools if you use them properly. Like you said, you can set up your credit card and, and get points for your kid's 529 plan with youpromise.com. It's letter U, nordpromise.com. And I've got, you know, I had a 529 plan even before kids. Like, you could set up a 529 plan before you have kids, which is a crazy concept to think about. And every time you go to Safeway or participate in restaurants, it'll throw a little bit of do-re-mi into that for you. Um, and all you do is once you have the child, you change the beneficiary from yourself to the child. Right. So yeah. it's something that you promise is kind of cool because you can get grandparents involved. You can get churches involved. Remember baby Jessica who fell down the well? <laughs> yeah. The whole world was in love with her. and like, um, Did you sign Jessica up on your You Promise plan? You could have. That's the cool thing about it. Is you like would have whole... had to email her parents your credit card number. Would you do that? I wouldn't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there, like for instance, let's say you're a member of a, a church. A whole church could help send a kid through college by signing up for a You Promise account for that kid, um, which is pretty neat. <laughs> you're not you're not trying to get the trust to get everybody's credit card numbers <laughs> it's, okay okay you get the idea so it's, it's easier for grandparents to help kids uh with something like a you promise and that's uh how about mileage are you big into the mileage plans and well it, it depends on a business card there's certain business cards that you end up with air miles that if you if you um travel a lot that's yeah. great um, the American Express card that I do have, I can cash in those credits for travel. Yeah. Because um, I don't like booking my travel through American Express. It's a pain. I'd rather go direct through Southwest or Alaska, which is the airlines that I use all the time. So I just cash those in and, and have it reduce the, the monthly balance that we pay off anyways. So um, so you've never taken a, a free trip on the Amex? I don't have to look into you. You're not doing any shady bonuses or perks to yourself. No, nope, I just keep the air miles and book directly through the the airlines and then cash in the travel credit. So it's really, you know, where do you spend your money? And that's yeah. why you use tools like Bankrate to find the best card for you. And there's like uh, visa cards that you can get that you can get 5% off your gas and things like that. They're great ideas, but typically they have higher rates tied towards them. So unless you're paying them off monthly, not a good idea. The points really don't add up in your favor if and, you're going to get 18% credit debt. And when you get new cards, you get all these offers like, hey, you're going to have free uh, life insurance for a certain amount of time or free uh, disability to pay off your, your balance if you're disabled. And it's only free for a certain period of time. So you get these offers in the mail, and they almost automatically sign you up, and then they start charging your card. Yeah. So when you get a new card, you really have to look over the bill and be very, very careful on it. Um, ID theft protection is also being added to a lot of cards, but... Um, you know, remember a lot of times in an ID theft situation for a card, you're only responsible for the first 50 bucks. And if you're going to buy ID theft insurance, 
buy it from somebody that doesn't just cover you, but they will pay for the attorney's fees for you to fix the problem. You know what I mean? That's because yeah. when you, if your idea is stolen, it's typically from check writing or people stealing files. It's not from online banking. And the time that you put in dealing with attorneys to fix that problem, that's the expensive time-consuming part. So be careful on what type of ID theft insurance you buy as well. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. We're talking all things financial, and you can find him again at newfocusfinancial.com. Welcome back in. Uh, some other top stories of note today include... Apple estimates being raised $700 over at Oppenheimer. Demand remains strong. Oppenheimer's checks are consistently positive for the iPhone 4S in the United States and internationally. The new iPod launch also looks to be very strong. These catalysts give the firm very com- uh, strong comfort in the street estimates. It sees ample room to expand the iPhone's reach internationally. China is particularly attractive. iPads also levered to a still-developing market with Apple's dominance yet to weaken even with a lot of value options out there. Microsoft's in the news today. Argus upgraded Microsoft to buy from hold. They set a price target of $39, saying with Windows 8 likely launching in third quarter of 2012, Microsoft may finally have an operating system that can compete in both the PC and tablet environments. Based on early reviews, it looks like the company's gotten the technology right. Success will depend on execution, marketing, and, and willingness. I think a lot of people now are believing in that Apple ecosystem and they're more and more comfortable than ever before paying extra to get that Apple product, that Apple logo. Salesforce.com's in the news today. They kicked off their worldwide CloudForce social enterprise tour. Two very big key themes define the event and an emphasis on the enterprise and new products geared towards enabling the social enterprise. The touring strategy Salesforce.com is employing to push the social enterprises similar to its marketing efforts in the past years, and it's proven very, very successful. A lot of people see Salesforce.com as the oracle of the 21st century. And if you go back historically and take a look at the last 20 years, Oracle's created a lot of wealth for people. So if you believe that the cloud's just now starting to get kicked off and that more and more will go there, maybe you take a look at Software.com even at these prices. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm saying maybe it's appropriate for you. So my NCAA bracket's not so good yesterday. Only 12 out of 16. That's horrible. Where's a great basketball player, Charles Barkley, said, that's horrible. That's horrible. This is the AM 1220. KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Take a look outside your window. Maybe there's a crazy guy holding the radio on top of his head right now. That's me, Lloyd Dobler, or Lloyd, whatever his name was. Oh, 
my. So oil rebounding from a one-week low on outlook for U.S. demand. That's uh, one of the big stories out there. I found this story uh, a great headline. Sex-deprived male fruit flies turn to alcohol. That's like the biggest no-duh of all time, right? Male fruit flies became bar flies when rejected by females choosing alcohol-spiked food more often than their successful brothers in a study that suggests it may be due to a brain chemical also found in the United, uh, also found in humans. The sperm fly had lower levels of a molecule in their brains called neuropeptide F than the males who were allowed to mate. Neuropeptide Y, the version found in humans, has been tied to addiction and mental illness. This molecule may begin to explain how experience and environment shape human addictions. About half of a person's risk of addiction is genetic. The environment is also known to play a role. The experiment may help explain the biological triggers that affect certain behavior or cravings and could help research into treatments of addiction. It's a great headline, right? The story, uh, we've heard a little bit of it before. Sears is in the news today. They're going to close down 62 retail stores in the first half of this year to reduce uh, expenses. The closing includes 43 Sears hometown stores, 10 Sears hardware stores, and nine, the great indoors stores. Um, the company, which also owns Kmart, has 4,000 stores as of January 28th, 4,010 to be exact. CEO, a guy named Eddie Lampert, who is Sears chairman and controls about 60% of its shares, is spinning off its units uh, to try to generate some cash and closing stores after the company posted its largest quarterly loss in nine years. You know, the JCPenney's is out there. And they're being run by a guy named Ron Johnson, who is a former Apple head of retail. So we know what Apple's retail store has done. And he goes to JCPenney's. He takes a couple of the Apple executives. He brings them from Target. I don't know if this department store can be saved, whether it be JCPenney's or Sears. I don't know if in the 21st century, if they're relevant anymore. I think their shoppers who are loyal to them are dying off. I think by the time JCPenney's turns around, and again, this is just me. I'm not, I don't have a bet in JCPenney's. Uh, by the time it turns around, I, I think you'll have made more money in Amazon as an investor. I see kids today under the age of 30. I don't see any reason for them to ever go into a JCPenney's or a Sears. Now, again, if, if, that, if you're in the Midwest and... You know, you're living in Oshock, Nebraska. Potentially, that could be your only store that you go into. And I understand that. But uh, I just don't see it. It's, I don't know. Can the company manage its earnings a little bit better? Maybe. You know, uh, can that help the stock? Absolutely. But just not enough for me. Just it, it, Again, we're all different investors, and in no way, shape, or form do I want to embarrass you or do I want you to feel excluded. Let's do a quick email. Speaking of embarrassing and excluding you. You've got mail. We got an email from uh, Lee. And he said, apparently, you own a boatload of Apple. Have you colored that investment? If so, how did you do it? If not, Why? I'm sure many listeners would be interested in the basics of putting on option collars to protect an equity position. Thanks, Lee. Um, I have not collared it. Um, 
sometimes you can put on a put call straddle where you basically say, I own Apple at 550. If you give me 15 bucks, I'll give it to you if it goes to 566. So you own it at 550, you get a $15 play. And if it goes above that, you say goodbye to your shares of Apple. And if you can have a $550 Apple and you put a, a bottom underneath it, 15 bucks, and if it goes below 535, you say goodbye to it. Option callers, Lee, are for people who are amateurs. They're for people who don't know what they're doing and they're trying to be smarter than they typically are. I will use options when I'm ready to release my Apple. I'm not ready to release it right now. If I had done this two months ago, I would have lost out on 200-point move in Apple. Now, again, did I predict a 200-point move? No. And that's thankfully why I didn't do it to, you know, back at 400. Had I, you know, tried to put a bottom on it, I would have done great. But who would have predicted 200 points on the upside? No one. So I would be very cautious on the way you try to be an investor. Options are a great way of hitting a home run, but they're also a great way of striking out. A collar is created by an investor who's long the underlying position, long a put option at a strike price, and short a call option at a strike price. So the put option is called a floor. The call option is called a cap in this case. The latter two are a short risk reversal position. So underlying minus risk reversal equals collar. The premium income from selling the call reduces the cost of purchasing the put. The people who are going to tell you about collared option calls, Lee, or people who are going to benefit from them. You can do Options Express or Options Training or Options University. And they'll show you how great it can be with past performance. They'll show you examples of how you could have made hundreds and thousands if you use their examples with very little risk. The problem is there's 12,000 plus companies out there and they're showing us, they're, they're cherry picking past performance. There's one phrase that continues to get said again and again and again on Wall Street is past performance is not indicative of future results. Consult a broker advisor before taking action on any stocks mentioned. Past performance not indicative of future results. Apple Kofa. So again, I, I hope that answers that. I think you'll find people who want to take your money and people who want to say, you know, for 4000 bucks, I'll, I'll teach you a class on this and see how smart I am because I can go back in time and, and show you what I would have done. Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak was in line early today to pick up his new iPad. I love Wozniak. He's a big cuddly bear. He acknowledged that it would be perfectly straightforward to pre-order the iPad, but not nearly as much fun. He was interviewed at a pre-dawn hours outside an Apple store in Los Angeles. He said he was scheduled to speak in the area later today, so that's why he was there. Unlike Apple stores in London, New York, San Francisco, the line in L.A. was relatively short. L.A.'s got other things going on. 
they don't have to wait in line. But um, the pictures of people like coming out of Japan with the iPad, it's pretty funny. Like people get giddy being the first. Like I, I, I don't have that experience. I don't need that experience. Like it doesn't. Waiting in line with other people doesn't. I'm, I'm just not that kind of person. I don't like other people in the first place, so I don't get giddy being with other people. But Apple stores in 10 countries, including Japan, France, the U.S., were opening up at 8 a.m. It's funny because Walmart and Radio Shack were selling them last night at midnight. <laughs> so you didn't actually ha- you didn't have to hang out with your brothers, per se, at Apple. You could have gotten a good night's sleep and played with your iPad as much as you wanted to. Legally, i got to say that I own some shares of Apple, and it's getting hit today. It is selling on the news. Last I saw, it was down about 6 bucks. Let's take a quick look. Um... Yeah, Apple's down 255, sitting at 583. Coach, hitting an all-time high again today. Big purse company. Walmart, trading a little bit lower. Research in Motion has a crazy amount of shorts in it right now. People predicting that it's dead in the water. And I think they are dead in the water. I think history will, will, will remember the BlackBerry. And I think it could even still be around as a product five, ten years from now. Um, I'm just not that excited. I'm just not that kind of player. If you know what I'm saying, I am not that kind of player. I don't like shorting companies because back in the 1970s, we bought pet rocks in the United States. And I don't know. Microsoft is having a great year. Their stock's moving higher. They got that Windows 8 coming out. Could they want to pick up research in motion for manufacturing or for patents? Yeah. And next thing you know, you're short the stock because you know they're going to die. You're absolutely positive of it. I just try to keep things a little simpler. You know, it, it's again, it's uh, I'm not a West Coast offense kind of guy, and that doesn't mean it doesn't mean a thing to you, right? I'm more of a you know, let's do the basics. Let's make sure we tackle every time you get a guy on a defender, tack on, on the offender, tackle him. Don't let him out of your grasp. Do the, the small things right, and then get fancy later. But if you don't do small things right, you're never, ever going to succeed. And that's one of the things that I think everyone likes about Coach Harbaugh for the 49ers. I think he's a, a sound, fundamental guy, and he doesn't go too far from the norms. Dow's up 10, sitting at 13,263. The Nasdaq's up 3, sitting at 3059. Dow's going for eight straight up days. That's a little bit crazy. You can find me online at Rob Black Show on Twitter, Rob Black Show on YouTube, and robblack.com if you want to just go visit my webpage. We'll take a break here. We'll come back, take a look at how the market's working for the day, see if we can't put a nice pretty bow on it and get some uh, content uh, for you that makes sense. We'll take a break here. we are right back. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. There's some scary stats out there. And, you know, again, just trying to show you, you know, I play both sides. Um, Apple right now is bigger than the whole U.S. retail sector, according to the S&P 500. So if you take just the Retail stocks that are in the U.S. retail sector, total market cap. There's Apple above them. It's pretty remarkable. You know, 
is this what we're going to look back on in 10 years and say, oh, my God, we should have got out of that stock when we could have? You've seen Intel have an amazing run to $500 billion in collapse. Cisco have an amazing run to $500 billion in collapse. ExxonMobil, they did not really collapsed, but they definitely couldn't hold it. Apple, a lot of people expect them to issue a dividend. One of their problems is that a lot of their cash, they have $100 billion in cash. A lot of their cash is in foreign markets. And to repatriate it, they're going to have to pay the U.S. government taxes. So if the U.S. government were to ever have a bring cash back to the United States and you don't have to pay taxes on it party, which they've done in the past, yeah, you better believe you. Apple would do a, a super big dividend. And that would help our economy because people like me who own a couple thousand shares, 4,000 shares, 5,000 shares, 6,000 shares, you would see us getting big old checks of like fifty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000, and that's a party. So a lot of people expect Apple, if, if the government's not going to allow them to repatriate their gains in foreign money back into U.S. dollars, if they're not going to let them bring it back in, a lot of people expect Apple to go to the debt market. And with interest rates right around 1-2%, borrow $100 billion, pay a big fat dividend, and then use their, their cash flow to pay down that debt in the future. But Apple's bigger than the entire U.S. retail sector. Ultimately, they're dependent on two major products and the continued success of it. So in hindsight, this may be the time where we go back in five, ten years and go, I wish I could have sold Google at the top. I wish I could have sold Cisco at the top. I wish I could have sold Intel at the top. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not you. Your view of the Apple ecosystem and the uh, fact that people love the stock may be totally different than mine. But we have to have a conversation. The Dow's up five, the Nasdaq's up two, the S&P 500's up one. Bill Gross is out there saying that Another round or two of quantitative easing from the Fed and into the 30-year bull run on government bonds are common. And he thinks growth and inflation are on the way. So he thinks inflation's on the way and muted growth is on the way. He's a pretty smart bond guy. He's averaged stock-like returns in bonds. Like, he's that kind of smart. Last couple of years haven't been so kind to him because he's trying to to get it perfect. And he's not pulling it off. So the 10-year treasuries creeped up a lot this week. About 31, 32 basis points. That's about one-third of 1%. And you're like, that's nothing, one-third of 1%. But it's a 15% move. That's a pretty big move. Borrowing costs are... are if you want to get that, that 30-year mortgage, you better do it right now. Unless you expect another dip in the economy and there to be a flight to treasuries. Treasuries right now are so low, they're only good for one thing. Preservation of capital. That's the only thing people would be buying them for. Because the income that you're getting off of, it's just so nominal. Now today, it's, two, it's, today it's a lot better than it was three days ago. That may be telling us something. Google, the world's biggest search engine. They're hiring a guy named Kevin Rose, the founder of news aggregation service Dig. 
The move follows Rose's announcement yesterday that he is shutting down the main product made by Milk, his mobile application company. His hiring by Google is previously reported by All Things Digital. Google stepping up its effort on social networking as advised for internet advertising revenue with Facebook. Last year, the company unveiled that Google Plus service, which has similar functions as Facebook. His background is a web consumer company, so Rose may bolster Google Plus. It's important to have the company focused when the imminent threat of Facebook is at hand. The product is not fully baked. That's why they need people who can understand technologies. Rose's dig was founded in 2004, gained attention as a place for people to rate news stories. The Milk Oink product, an app that lets people review items such as food or furniture, is being shut down less than six months after the product was started. I don't know. Is it, whatever happened to Dig, is it, is it relevant? I don't think it ever gained any traction. I don't know. I always looked at it and thought, you know, like, cute. You know, great at aggregating. But I never really found a use for it in my daily life. Um, and I'm at their website right now and clicking on business. And, you know, I, I guess there's some stories. That 120 people gave a thumbs up to, you know, Google Maps Street Views. And 155 people like economics, why nations fail. And maybe I should read that. But, uh doesn't really get me going or it doesn't really excite me in any way, shape, or form. And that sex deprived male flies for the booze. Like Twitter to me is a much better aggregator. So, you, anyway, you can find me online at Rob Black Show on Twitter, Twitter Rob Black Show. I love Twitter for news aggregation. I'm not really sending a lot of tweets to followers, although I did yesterday. I can't tell you what about super secret. Super secret. Um, with that said, uh, going to L.A. this weekend for a super secret reason. How annoying is that? Super secret. So if you hear about flights going down from San Francisco to L.A. this weekend, pray for me. Or if you don't like me, push me out. <laughs> Take a break here. I'll be right back. AM 1220, KDOW. Send lawyers, guns, and money. <clears throat> if your home has dot com. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome into Hour 2 of Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, some of the headlines that are out there today, you know, the Goldman Sachs flap could bolster the vocal rule case. I'm not a big fan of government rules. I tend to think let the private sector work on the private sector, let the public sector work on the public sector. Probably makes me a libertarian. I don't know. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I hate labeling myself because I certainly am not what you think I am. But the Goldman Sachs employee criticized the company's culture in a newspaper column bolsters the case for Wall Street restrictions like the Volcker Rule. So says congressional Democrats. Keep in mind, the guy worked there for 12 years. I find him to be one of the biggest hypocrites in America today. Um, he lasted through the job cuts at Goldman Sachs. He pocketed $4 billion. Yeah, on his way out, he said some mean things about some people. Um, I find that disgraceful. Again, I grew up in a culture where he didn't say bad things about the president, good or bad, whether you liked him or not. He never said bad things about him. So they come from a little bit different cut of cloth. The lawmakers on Capitol Hill yesterday said the piece, which has ricocheted through Wall Street firms, has had less of an impact in Washington where New York-based Goldman Sachs businesses practices and Chief Executive Officer Lloyd Blankfein were the targets of congressional hearings in 2010. I think that all businesses have some necessary evils. We don't live in a socialist economy. We live in a capitalist economy. And capitalism does create some dilemmas. Uh, overall, I think it's a pretty good system, but there are some flaws to it. And that's, again, with retailers, with restaurants, with mechanics. I mean, I've had my car fixed where I know they ruined it. I know they, they hurt my car. Not all industries are perfect. And again, we can argue it. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Treasuries extend a weekly decline. It's really tough to explain this to you, but um, treasuries financially numerically go up, and that's called a decline. So the 10-year Treasury note extended the biggest weekly drop in eight months as a report showing the cost of living rose in February, adding to concern that inflation may accelerate as the U.S. economy strengthens. As the economy strengthens, prices get raised. Uh, goods get consumed. Goods need to be replaced. Derivative traders are increasing bets the Federal Reserve will list, lift its target rate for the overnight loans a year earlier than what they said of late 2014. So now people are starting to think 2013. I'm good with that. A stronger U.S., I'm good with. Now, the downside is we better damn well get our borrowing problems fixed sooner rather than later. Because when you're borrowing at 1-2%, that's easily handled. When you're borrowing at 5 6 7 8%, that's a lot more difficult. Think of your credit cards, you know? The credit card at 18% versus the credit card at 2%, 3%. You know the difference. I know you do. So today, we see consumer sentiment in the United States dropped unexpectedly. Confidence amongst U.S. consumers unexpectedly dropped in March, a sign rising fuel costs are starting to weigh a little bit on our, our thoughts. Earlier this week, I was talking to Pam Moore, and she said, aren't you worried about the higher gas prices? I'm like, no, the higher gas prices tell us the economy's working. But psychologically, they stink. Gas prices are up 17% since the beginning of the year. Consumers are pretty stretched. Gasoline prices are limiting purchases. Inflation-adjusted incomes are still very weak. So there's a lot of strain on the consumer out there right now. Higher gas prices should lead to uh, pickups in, in employment. Uh, what else do we have? I don't know. That's... Some of these stories that are out there today just aren't really good enough for you. 
Here's one that I can find, uh, that I find interesting. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. Uh, she's in the news. Her will was revealed last week. The probate court opened up her estate. She had a will. She didn't have a trust. That's really disturbing. So we got to see all of her assets. We get to see it play out. As expected, it named Bobby Christina's Whitney sole beneficiary. The fact that Whitney relied on a will signed back in 1993 instead of a living trust is troubling. Whitney Houston at one point in time signed the largest recording contract in history. If anyone should have, you know, a thorough estate planning, including a living trust, it would have been Whitney. Wills have to pass through probate court to be effective, which makes them public record. That's why information about the contents of her will are all over the Internet right now. Inside Edition posted a copy of the will. In addition to being public, probate can be expensive, time-consuming, and a breeding ground for family fights. Living trust, on the other hand, when properly used, keep matters incredibly private and outside the probate court. Most people with even modest estates are better served using living trust instead of a will. It's frankly shocking that Whitney has no will. It's stunning. Or, I'm sorry, it has no, no living trust. Since signing her will in 1993, she made one change, which is a codicil, a codicil, an amendment to the will. She did that seven years later. There's been reports that she did a second one in 2004, but that one no one's been able to find yet. The order from probate court, which admitted the the will only refers to a single codicil, not two codicils, which would normally be the case if there was, in fact, multiple codicils. You can see how it's getting messy, right? Whitney signed the codicil. She named her mother, Sissy Houston, as the executor, replacing the person named in her original will. When the attorney who created a, a will also is named as an executor, that sometimes raises red flags. Whitney obviously had second thoughts about who she wanted in control of her estate, and that's not a bad thing. Interestingly, though, Sissy Houston, her mother, didn't end up serving as executor. Whitney's sister-in-law, Pat Houston, was appointed by the probate court. So it did create a trust, but not a living trust or will. Rather, the will ultimately called for Whitney's assets to be held in a trust for her daughter, Bobby Christina. But Whitney didn't create an actual trust while she was alive. So this is messy. Uh, Whitney's daughter could stand to inherit all the money immediately because she's 18, legally an adult. By using a trust, even a, a temporary one, Whitney was able to space out the distribution. So Bobby Christina will inherit 10% at age 21, another 6 at age 25, and the rest at age 30. There are provisions to allow for the money to be spent by independent trustees. Whitney's brother and sister-in-law for Bobby Christina's benefit for things like education, home, starting a business, having a child, and much, much more. But uh, you know, it was signed back in February 1993. Several months after her marriage to Molly Brown, in most states, a spouse has rights to elect against his or her share of the will and will receive more than what was left to him or her. So Georgia's laws don't, prevent, don't allow that. So it's, it's messy. Uh, if you own a house in California, get it to live in trust. Um, it'll save you thirty dollars to $40,000 in, in legal fees when you die.
Green food dye is getting a lot of scrutiny this year. St. Patty's Day right around the corner. I'm not a big green beer kind of guy. I find that all silly. But again, that's probably why I'm a bitter person. Oh, let's take a break here. Uh, we got a hard clock today. You're listening to AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Don't go away. We'll be right back with CFP Chad Burton. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Amazon.com is going to offer $10 gift cards for $5. It's kind of interesting. It's a bid to boost customer interest in the nine-month-old Amazon local service, which is one of several deal sites that sprang up after Groupon success. Some folks, even if they're Amazon customers, don't know about us yet. So Amazon.com is going to give you more money than you pay for. How is this possible? Oh, I'm having one of those Fridays. It is a goofy, goofy Friday in my life. I'm not sure how you're doing. That's right. It's a kooky Friday. Um, the Dow's up five. The Nasdaq's up fractions. And the SP 500 up one. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He joins us from time to time to talk about all things financial, money, investing, and financial planning concepts. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. It's NewFocusFinancial.com. Chad Burton, one of the topics that comes up on occasion is uh, paying off your mortgage. And there's commercials and there's YouTube videos on mortgage accelerators. I almost don't even want to mention it because these things are pretty evil. They're products that you can sometimes pay three to $6,000. They'll set up a line of credit for you tied towards you, like a second mortgage or a loan. And then they help fund your 401k. Oh, they, I'm sorry. They help you know pay off your mortgage early. You're basically taken from one of your own pots of money to pay off a mortgage a little bit earlier. Like it'll put $10 in on the first and then it'll put another 15. So it does lower your interest, but you're using borrowed money that has an interest rate on it much higher than your mortgage to pay off your mortgage. Mortgage accelerators are pretty evil. Well, I think the worst kinds are the ones that charge you just to set up a bi-monthly payment instead of a monthly payment. All you have to do is if you look at a calendar and you have 12 payments on your mortgage typically, right. if you do that bi-weekly, the way it figures out is you end up making one extra payment a year. Right. So you can set that up on your own. Just make one extra payment a year and essentially it ends up being about the same. Um, so you don't have to pay money to do that. And that's the thing that I get concerned about. And then there's all these other, you know, like you said, credit card deals where you're using some of your loan on a credit card. It gets so confusing. You really wonder what you're paying for. And there's no free lunch on Wall Street or in the banking sector. So be careful. And typically, what I've already found about YouTube is that people put up some pretty vile videos on YouTube. Um, and when I say vile, they're like, it's showing their case. Like, here's why you buy stock options. Here's why you buy gold for me. And they, they paint this horrific picture of either Wall Street, the uh, mutual funds, or that, you know, in retirement, that the government's going to tax you 50% and they'll show you how to get tax-free money. YouTube is kind of evil because I've 
I get emails from senior citizens like, what do you think of this product? And uh, you watch these videos and they're, you know, they're okayly produced, but it just shows you that these guys don't really have an outlet to get their message across to rip you off. Well, the best produced ones are the ones by insurance agents that have the money to, to be able to afford to produce them. Because they're saying things like a life insurance policy uses investment is better than a 401k because you can take tax-free loans in retirement. Right. But these things, I think we've talked about this before, they blow up and interest rates go down, dividends go down, and cost of insurance goes up. And so people buy these things on these pretty ledgers, these pretty sales spreadsheets. And then <clears throat> I pretty much so roll my eyes when someone sends me an email and says, take a look at what this guy said or take a look at his report. He's predicting the stock market to go to zero. Okay. I mean, I know when people ask me, did you hear about what who said on CNBC about the market going zero or P ratios going all the way up to 19 every day? Yeah. There's 20 or 30 of these people in place. Really? You, you've really got to yeah. shut out all the news and have a strategy, you know, a, really a written strategy of how you either pick stocks or analyze mutual funds when you rebalance your portfolio and peel the winners off and, and buy some of the stuff that hasn't done well I joke and try to shut out the media. I jokingly say this, um, you know, CNBC is porn. Oh, yeah. There's nothing financial you can get from it. It's, it's, it's financial porn. It's, it looks good, but it's like Chinese food. You know, you eat it and then you're pooping it out 30 minutes later. Like there's no nutritional value in it. It's just greasy slop. And I'm, I'm talking American Chinese, not Chinese Chinese. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 I think it turns people into a deer in headlights. Yeah. So it either pe- gets people too emphatic about an upside move and want to go all in and, or too scared on a downside move and go all out. You have basically people that have English degrees yep. ending up on financial channels, giving you opinions on the market. And it creates more volatility that's out there. And when know, I was on the East Coast, too I, many opinions. When I was there's on the East Coast, opinions. I did CNBC. And when I'd get there, I'd say, I got this great stock pick, GE. And they, they're like, no, 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 not GE. We, we need G-Wiz. We need something bigger than that. We need something sexier. Do you got like a, a, a network equipment company? And like, you can't do that because the producers, they won't put you on if you, unless you talk crazy, sexy, crazy ideas. They don't want what Bloomberg does. Bloomberg, I think, is a great financial media company. I think they do a much better job. Not the best job, but a much better job yeah. at not getting crazy. Yeah, because they don't have the 15 panel of people ar- arguing about a certain situation because the opinion doesn't matter. It's really what the underlying trend and the fundamentals are in a stock. Melissa Francis, she works at CNBC, and she was the oil girl for a while. Uh-huh. Now she's like an anchor. Um, at, C- at CNET, she was the tech girl. Her background was technology, and she goes to CNBC, and like now she's like an expert on oil. It's pretty funny. It's laughable. Yeah. Um, my co-host, Cheryl Cassani, you know what her background was before she got into financial media? Prom queen? No, she was at Fox. She's at Fox Business, by the way, and she hates me when every time I say this. She used to be a stewardess at Southwest. Yeah. And now she's on Fox Business and giving opinions on the, the news of the day. You got to watch out for this stuff. Everybody has an opinion. <laughs> stuff to watch <laughs> out for and much, much more. So back to mortgage accelerators. Pretty bad idea. If you ever want to accelerate your mortgage, you can do it yourself. That's yeah, the lesson. Really, has. the only time I typically tell people to accelerate their mortgage, let's say you're close to retirement, you're 15 years into a 30 year loan, and you've already, you're maxed out your 401k, you're maxed out your Roth, you've got a lot of money saved up for retirement. So you've got you know, the option to either take cash and buy CDs, which are paying nothing, or pay off your mortgage early. If you're way into the amortization schedule on your mortgage and you're no longer getting a tax deduction for it, and all you're doing is looking for a cash alternative, that's about the only time when I tell people, yeah, go ahead and pay your mortgage off. Absolutely. Our parents did it because they saw their parents lose the farm. Mm -hmm. That's not our case. With that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. Find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So new movie coming out, Hunger Games. 
is boost in shares of Scholastic. Shares of publisher Scholastic spiked on Thursday, fueling by, fueled by strong sales of Hunger Games series ahead of the film's release next week. Scholastic shares up 13%. Um, this would have been an easy one. Not for me, because I'm not... I don't necessarily play the little boy wizard investment games. But Scholastic said the improved numbers are being driven by higher sales in children's books and especially the Hunger Games trilogy. There are more than 23 million copies of the series' books in the United States. I hear the girl dies at the end. So I'd probably just ruin the whole movie series for everyone. Save you, what, 30-plus bucks if you go on a date, 60-plus with food, $200 probably. I'm kidding, kidding. I don't know how the book ends. No way, shape, or form. Anyhow, you're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, but Scholastic moving higher. Scholastic also publishes the wildly popular Harry Potter and Goosebumps series in the United States. The company raised its guidance on earnings and revenue for 2012. Uh, projected earnings per share between 260 and 290. So again, a little, little movie can take you a long way. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. AM 1220, KDOW. I'm not black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 